Keith Crow is going to run our mic today if we, uh, when we get to some time to have some comments and stuff, and, um, and we'll talk. So I want to review real quick. I was in here two weeks ago, and then uh, I know last, there was last week, two weeks ago you talked about the ascension and the importance of the ascension of Jesus returning to be with his father, and now he rules right from a place of power, and so it's it's not that he left and isn't our ruler, but he is ruling from a, a place of power. And we're actually going to um, encounter that a, a little later in, in a passage we're going to look at in 2 Corinthians. But Jesus is our present ruler, even though we can't see him right now. And then last week, you talked about Pentecost and the importance of Pentecost. And so uh, originally, Moses got to go up on, on Mount Sinai and hear the voice of God. He went by himself. And then... Um, on, on Pentecost, the Spirit came, and now we can all um, share in, in having God's voice and, and being a part of that mission. And so, uh, so Pentecost is an important day, right? Because that's when the Spirit came, and that's when so many encountered that. And so, um, so this week, what we're going to talk about, you've got the, the ascension, you've got Jesus returning, you've got Pentecost, and now we're going to talk about this week the Trinity of God. Right, So we've got God the Father, we've got Jesus the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. And we're going to kind of talk about a, l- a little bit about what that means. I don't have all the answers to explain everything to you, but, but it's going to be a, just a good discussion and some good scriptures for us to look at. I love to dive into scripture and just look at things together. So, And, and one of the things, to make a couple of comments before we jump into scripture, um, one of the things Dean mentions in his notes is that we're coming off this year of isolation, right? I mean, I think for all of us, this is something new. Uh, there's so many things in life where, you know, I, I have a, a 10-year-old and, and a 7-year-old. She's about to be 8, so I'm starting going 10, 10 and 8. And so I can talk to somebody who has grown children, and they can, oh yeah, or like I remember that, that phase. I remember, you know, those things. I remember when my kids were in elementary school. I remember this or that or whatever. Um, you know, or in, in, in business, I can talk to people, oh yeah, this is how we handled that problem, or this is how we got from point A to point B, or this is what we did. But this is a situation where we're all just kind of scratching our heads going, man, this this hasn't happened before. And so we're all kind of figuring this out. We're coming out of this year of isolation, right? A a lot of people literally have been in isolation. And for for all of us, life has looked different. And so when when we we look at the Trinity of God, we look at this, this communal God that we serve, and we're, we're created in his image, right? We're, we're created in his image to be like him. And that right there means that we are to be in community. He didn't make us to, to go like live on an island by yourself and not speak to anybody. Man, an island by yourself might be kind of nice, actually. Those words come out of my mouth like, hey. Uh, but some days that would be nice, right? Not every day, but man, there's those moments. Uh, but, but God created us to be in community and, and not to be alone. So, so let's jump into some scriptures and... And talk about this a little bit. So the very first one is Genesis chapter 1. And you're probably pretty familiar with this. But it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So you've got God creating the world. You've got the Spirit hovering over the waters. And then... We're going to go to John chapter 1.
How many real Bibles do we have in here? Isn't that great? I'm turning pages, yeah. Um, so, uh, John 1 says this. So we just saw in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the world. The Spirit was hovering over the waters. And then in John says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so, so we see this picture here, and Dean kind of pointed me to these texts, of, of the Trinity of God all there at creation. It doesn't just say, hey, God created a bunch of stuff. They're all there at creation, all present. Um, moving on, let's look at Matthew chapter 3, and this is, a, this is an interesting one, where again, we see them all come together. It says this in John chapter 3, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to t deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Can you imagine Jesus asking you to baptize? Hey, can you baptize me? <laughs> no, we, no way, wait, wait, we got this backwards. That's exactly what John said. But Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. All right, Jesus, if that's what you're telling me to do. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. All right, any, uh, I'm, I'm kind of just, just flying through these. Any, any comments, any thoughts, anybody noticing anything here? Obviously the Trinity is there, right? We've got God, we've got the Spirit descending, uh, and God speaks to his son who, who has just been baptized. So this is just another, another text we can look at and go, wow, there, there they are. There's the Trinity uh, right there. So any, any, any comments on either one, any of these passages we've looked at? We've got a microphone if you've got a comment to bring around. Not everybody at once, please. All right, well, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians, and I will be, uh, this, this is going to be discussion. So um, we are going to... Uh, I mean, and we can just sit and, and reflect quietly too. That, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. So uh, I'll be happy to do that. Um, or or Emily and Emily, since y'all are so close, I'm just going to give y'all a mic. That that'd be the other. That'd be the other. Y'all can pick whether we just sit in silence or whether I we can just vote who we want to hand the mic to. How about that? We could just. Um, so all right, well let's look at this. Um, and and this is just Paul closing out his letter to the his second letter to the Corinthians. And he says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I think that's so beautiful that he closes out his letter that way, referencing God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And as I was kind of looking over this, something interesting hit me. I was, I was reading back a little further, and I mean, when I... When I pointed to Corinthians, sometimes I can get lost real quick. Not lost in a good way, just, I mean, just, there's so much good stuff that, that Paul does there. But he says this, and you know, we, we talk about the Spirit being in us, right? I mean, that, that, is, that is something huge, and I love that we are in a season where the church is talking about the Holy Spirit and how He works in our lives and through us, and trying to figure that out and understand that, and also being just enamored by the, the mystery there, and I think that's okay. But, but listen to what what Paul says here in verse 5, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? What a powerful thought there. Do you not realize 
that Christ Jesus is in you. And so, uh, so again, we've got this text here where we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what an example for us. And, and w- one of the things that, that um, and, and I'm, I mean, I, I started really getting deep on this, and, and I, I will open up for, for some comments, but are we not created to be in community, right? I mean, that's just how God made us. And I know we could, I, I'm, if, if you know me, maybe you don't know me, I'm an extrovert. I, I just like people. And uh, I didn't even know there was a such thing as an introvert till a few years ago. I just didn't even know. I thought everybody just, you know, so I would just wonder, like, why won't, like, what, what's going on? What, like, did, I, is that per- did they hate me? Why does that person hate me? They won't talk to me. And then I found out there's this thing called an introvert. But anyways, but, but it, it doesn't, like, we all need people, though, right? You may not need as many people. You may only need that one person, right, or those two people. But you, you got to have people. We got to have people. And God, God created us to have people. So, um... I, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story, and then I'm going to wait and, and let somebody talk. So be, 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 get your comments ready, and maybe, maybe this story will, uh, will trigger. You don't have to raise your hands for this one, but maybe slyly let me know if you, anybody in here watched Last Chance You on Netflix? Probably, no, you don't want to admit it because there is language in that show. You're like, oh, we don't watch stuff like that. Uh-uh. Um, but Last Chance You is a show, it's a documentary series by Netflix, and they go to these junior colleges, and they follow a sports team. It started out following uh, football, and there were a couple, there was one season that I, I didn't watch, because, the, I mean, the language was, was got really bad. But, um, but the, the, the most recent one, they followed a basketball team, and it's, it's uh, East Los Angeles Community College, I guess, it's the, the school they follow. And so you can imagine a, a community college in East Los Angeles, and just picture um, this, you know, and, and they've got this, this basketball coach, and he is probably, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess maybe he's 50, I don't know, maybe something like that, and he's, a, he's an African-American basketball coach, his name is John Mosley, and, and he, what, what's crazy about this show, every other season I've watched, you know, it was following these football teams, the coaches had the worst mouths of anybody. I mean, the language used by these coaches just makes you just, oh, it's just awful. But this particular coach, John Mosley, he views his role as head basketball coach at a junior college, he views it as a ministry. And he, he, he views it as, he says, I'm, God's put me here to reach these kids that nobody else is going to reach. And I'm going, wow, that is powerful. He never uses profanity. What, what he actually does with his team of men, and his, his players use profanity. I mean, they have some filthy mouths, but rather than use profanity, he prays with his team. He tells, he reminds them every day, man, God has a plan for us. God has a reason for this. I can't tell you what it is. I don't know what's going on, but God's got, and so, so he's constantly talking about this. In, in the episode I watched last night, we were watching the, actually the final episode of the season last night. I'm, I'm kind of bummed because I want to watch Coach Mosley. He just gets, he, he gets you fired up. And so, so I'm not going to spoil it, but they, ha- they have a game, and, and it's, a, it's a close game, and, and they're a, real, a really good team. He, he actually said, he said, this is the best team I've ever had. Um, but they're losing in this game. They're losing at halftime. They're down by like nine points, which is not, I mean, they don't lose. This team just doesn't lose. And so he, he kind of gives them halftime speech, and he tells them whatever, and they, they come back and win the game. And so I'm sorry if I ruined that little, that little part for you, but that's a, just a really tiny part of the whole series. That really didn't ruin anything for you. But they come back and win this game. 
And they come into the locker room after the game, and Coach Mosley comes in there, and I loved what he said. He said, y'all didn't win that game because you're good. This is the first thing he said to his team after they win this huge game. He said, y'all didn't win that game because you're good. You won that game because you like each other. Right? And we could change that. You won that game because you care about each other. You won that game because you love each other. And that's what he's been trying to get them to do the whole season is trying to get them to come together. And it happened. And in a moment where they really needed that, that's what helped them win. It wasn't their basketball fundamentals. It wasn't that he taught them a certain offense to run or a certain they had a certain shooter that made a bunch of shots. It was that they cared about enough each other enough to fight for each other when things got hard. And I thought, man, isn't that what relationship, isn't that what community, isn't that what we're created to do with each other, right? To care about each other. To see, man, things are hard. Somebody's down. Somebody's got a situation. And we're there for each other, right? We help each other out. Um, so, I mean, that, that's why we, we circle up in the back of the room when, when Emily's getting ready to go do something that God's called her to do. And we circle up. We say, we care about you and we're praying for you. Right? That's why we'll, some of us will go to church camp on Wednesday. I think we're going on Wednesday. Because we care, right? That's why some of you are going to be praying for that, even though you won't be there, because we care about each other, because we're in relationship together. So, all right, that's, that's enough of me talking for the moment. Let, let's, let's get some comments. Who, who wants to jump in here? Talk about the Trinity. Talk about Scripture. Talk about Last Chance You on Netflix. Whatever you want to, wherever you want to go with it. Open mic time. Emily, all right. I'll get you a mic so folks that are streaming can hear. This will avoid you making me. No, I just really appreciate what you were saying there about like learning from um, that coach. And um, I had written in my Bible one time in Genesis 1, I never wake up in charge. I never wake up alone. And just that whole thing of, you know, community is so important and how how did they get that victory it's because they learned not to like you said it's not learning to play better it's not learning all the right shots it's learning when we miss the shot I'm going to be there to get your rebound and when you you foul out I'm going to be there to come in off the bench and um, just as a church how if we have that mentality like how far God's love can spread so thanks for that Absolutely. All right. Mark will put a microphone in your face if you're not paying attention. So I would, I would be, <laughs> anybody else got a comment? David, you got, you want to pass that over there, Keith? The, I love the fact that all the scriptures you read from, you know, the beginning to uh, New Testament, and this is, I think this is true from bookend to bookend for the Bible, is that community, that communal idea, it just goes, it runs throughout the entire thing, and we, uh, I think Genesis, those first, few, that those first verses of Genesis are the ones that are maybe the most powerful or important. And that we're realizing that, talking about the Trinity, the, 
the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, eternal, have existed in that community. And then we were invited into that there in Genesis chapter 1. There's an invitation to join it. And that community, that example of community, you know, you can, you can argue that, you know, oftentimes in the Old Testament when it says angel of the Lord, that, that it's a reference to Jesus. There's always been the communal involvement of the Trinity in the lives of his people throughout. That continues for us today. And then, of course, being together today is an example of that. But I love it that it runs from bookend to bookend. It's, all, it's about community. Uh, the perfection, of, of course, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are the ultimate example of, of people, of, 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 that, of that action of living together <laughs> and doing it perfectly. There was never any disagreement there. Um, and I think that's uh, it's, it's so significant that it's constantly there in all the passages that you read and even beyond that. Well, and, and that's, that's how it is in my house. There's never any disagreement. It's perfect community. So, um, you know. <laughs> no, but, but you're right. And, and even when, right, when you read this story, like you said, from beginning to end, it's, it's, it's not about David. It's not about Moses, although we can talk about Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt, but he was leading who? The Israelites, right? The, the people. We get to the New Testament. It's not about Paul. Although Paul is a, he's a central figure, right? And, and Peter and James and John, we can talk about all them, but it's about people. It's about the followers of Jesus, right? It's about this group that got together. It's never about, well, you know, it was Paul and he just had these other people. No, it's, it's, it's about the, the, the community. And so, uh, yeah, like you said, if we're looking at, at Jesus and God and the Spirit throughout its community and then for the, the you know, I don't want to say characters, I don't have a better word, but, but it's not about me or Nancy or Mark. It is about the community. It's about all of us. And so, and, and I guess, you know, one of the big things for me, what, what better way to be a part of that than to serve, right? Uh, it, it's just, the, you know, the, that, that, that feeling you get when you serve, when you give, that, that's better than getting, right? It's like, wow, you're blessed. And so, uh, so that, that's how we... Um, grow, that's how we are a part of that community, and it's not always perfect, right? I, I, I was, obviously, you caught on I was joking there, but, it, you know, in, in my home, there's going to be disagreement, but in this home, right, within 4th Avenue, we're going to disagree sometimes. That's okay. It's not going to be perfect, but hopefully I can set myself aside a little bit and remember, oh yeah, wait, it's not about will. Like, man, Mark, why'd you lead that song? That's unbelievable. I can't believe you would lead that song. What is wrong with you? It's like, wait, all right, that's okay. It's not. It's no big deal. That it's going to be my, my favorite song. It's going to be the one after my least favorite song. So it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. So um, so we can set those differences aside and be a part of. That's what it takes to be a part of a family, right? Is sometimes you don't get what you want. We have that discussion with our family quite frequently, actually. So, um, all right. Other comments? Other? Anybody want to jump in? want to look at um I, I keep thinking I want to read this one again from second Corinthians I'm not good I'm still turned there so because I love this is how he closes this this long letter he says may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ so the grace of Jesus may the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all that's what he wants to leave them with 
is those three things right there. So, so let's talk about kind of some practical application a little bit. Um, let's talk about what that can look like and, and try to get, get you talking a little bit. Um, we see that isolation is, is a bad idea, right? Now, I, I, we could go through the Bible and look, and I mean, I love to look at the life of Jesus. Man, he was, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, right? That was, a, that was a time of being tested, but he was in the wilderness for 40 days, or he was tested after that immediately. And, and so then, you, but you look as you read through the Gospels, hey, Jesus got up early in the morning and went off to a solitary place, right? Hey, Jesus stayed up all night praying by himself. Uh, Jesus sent the disciples on so that he could be alone with his father. And so I, I, wanna, I, I just want to, you know, make sure we think about that. Isolation is bad. It doesn't mean we should never be alone with God, right? It doesn't mean, okay, I can't have quiet time or I can't have a day by myself. Or, In fact, I was thinking about, you know, I'm, I'll be going up to camp Wednesday. And I kind of thought, man, that, 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 I think it's about a two-hour drive. And as of now, I'm, I'm not, nobody's riding with me. If somebody needs a ride, maybe I'll take them. But I thought that'll be a nice little two hours for me just by myself. There'll be some good time there. That's quality. That, that, that's um, some time to think, some time to, to be with the Lord, and just uh, yeah, that, that's good time. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, but, uh, but we don't need to be alone all the time, right? And so, so what does it look like for us to, uh, to be in community? Um, what does it look like for us? To have those relationships, I, I'll say. I mean, for for Dean, Dean is one of those for me. That even if we just go to lunch, I walk away blessed. Um, you know, and, and sometimes we we kind of pick on each other a little bit. Maybe we make fun of each other a little bit, but but we also build each other up. Um, or he builds me up at least. I don't know if I build him up at all, but um, but we we build each other up, right? And and you got to have those those relationships in your life. And so um, that, that's that's really important. Um, I'm just going to read, I was trying to scan his notes, I'll just read this. It says, um, this shows why we need the church, talking about um, being in community. You only become who you really are by learning and sharing and serving in the larger spiritual community, right? Like, again, I, I mean, I guess I could give this lesson by myself uh, to nobody, but, uh, you know, what, I mean, what would be the point of that? So, but when we, when we serve together and work together and, and grow together, that's when we sort of figure out who we are, right? And, and that's when, in, in fact, I'll kind of kind of joke, we were talking about, I was talking to Mark before class, we were talking about camp, and I guess there's some kind of counselor versus campers thing. I don't know what the, if it's a, 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 a so I'm, th so he's like, you know, we got to figure out, like, who, who we got, what, who's good at what, like, who can, who can pitch, right, who can cat, who can hit, what position should he be at, you know, where are we going to put her, you know, we kind of, we, we, we do that in, in other areas, but, but man, don't, you know, don't we do that, we do that as a church, we go, man, who, who can lead worship, Right? Who who can uh, who can serve downstairs? Who's really good at helping our kids know and understand these stories that, that we know? You know, we can talk about this stuff, but who? And I love asking. You know what? I asked my daughter last Sunday. I guess we were sometime Sunday afternoon. I said, "Oh, so are y'all still talking about Solomon downstairs?" Because they'd been talking about Solomon uh, for the last several weeks. And you know what she said to me? She said, "No, we talked about Jeroboam today." I thought, wow, that's a, and I said, well, who was his brothers? Oh, Rehoboam. And so they're talking about Solomon's sons, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and she knows their names because she was down there. Not because I taught her about it, but because she's learned it. So we kind of, and I said, how did they get along? She said, not very well. I said, yeah, I didn't think so. So we had this cute little conversation 
about it because we have people who are good at teaching that to our children. And so I think that's really, you know, it, and, and so, but, but, but that's because we come together as a community and say, how are we going to do this? What's this going to look like? How's it going to work? And so um, I think that's really cool. Um, all right. What do relationships do for us? Uh, relationships give us life, right? They make us feel alive, uh, for me at least. And, and I think for, probably for all of us, you know, maybe not too much relationship for some of us, right? Sometimes I'm like, man, I, I even have those days where I'm like, oh, man, I just need to, I need that two-hour drive, right? I need that two-hour drive. I need to just be by myself for a little while. Um, I, I said relationships give us something worth living for. I'll, I'll expand on that just a little bit, and then I'm, I'm again, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for some comments here, so I'm going to tell you a story, and then I, uh, we, we have a puppy, and she is, I guess, four months old now, something like that, and they, we got her when she was eight weeks old or something, so we've had her for a couple months. She's growing like crazy, and so I, when, when she starts barking and jumping on furniture and stuff, I'm like, all right, it's time to go for a walk. It's that time, so I'll grab a leash, I'll put her on, and we'll go, go out and walk. So yesterday morning, we were out walking. I can't remember if, if the kids were up or, or I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. That that's, doesn't matter, right? I was out walking the dog, and I was just thinking about how blessed I am um, to have the family. When I, when, I pray in my, when I pray in the morning, the first thing I thank God for is Lacey and Mac and Katie. That's the very first thing I say is thank you for my family, and I name each of them by name. And I was thinking about how blessed I am to have them, to, to be a part of that family that I'm a part of. And I thought, you know, like, they, like in my mind, they are these three incredible people, but to everybody else in the world, they're just three normal people. Like, like if we're really honest, like if you think about your family, you think about how, what draws you to them and how, like, man, you love them, right? They're great. They're just a person. They're just another person. Like, that's all they are. But to you... They are really something, right? And, I th and that's something that God gives us. That's something that God, God puts it in me to go, wow, they're incredible. Thank you so much for them. When there's millions of other people all over this world, but I'm so, and, and, and so, like, that, that makes, to me, that makes life worth living, right? Because I have Lacey and Mac and Katie. Like, if you take them out of the equation, my life is going to look a lot different. There's going to be a lot less excitement and a lot less joy and probably a lot less motivation. I don't like to think about that, and I don't like to go there, but sometimes I think, man, if they just were gone, life would be very different. But that relationship makes my life worth living, right? We have those relationships that we go, man, they make me, they make me better, right? Um, and, and so, you know, how do relationships, what do relationships give you? I, get, I need to ask a question if I want comments, right? So what do relationships give you? You can answer that question. Hopefully that's broad, a broad enough question. You can take it kind of in, in several different ways. But, but what do relationships mean to you? What do they give you? Any, anybody want to jump in there? Uh, I've grown up in like church my whole life, and um, <clears throat> it was always growing up. I've always, I always saw it as it, it's a very personal relationship that you have with God, and and that's very important, very important to do. Um, but I also learned that that church was not a place that you were real. Church was a place where you you came 
and you, you put on the act like what you were supposed to be, and, and you, were, you were to show the type of person that you were supposed to be, but you never really dared be the person that you were. Um, and I remember if anytime, any, anytime anybody went forward for a confession or anything, there was always the collective gasp among the congregation of like, man, what did that, what did that person do? so bad that they went forward and it we moved we moved to Franklin about five years ago and and for me um, it's really been in the last five years that I've had an opportunity to be a part of some men's groups to where like we get together and we're real with one another and you're like wait a minute you struggle with that too and from that relationship standpoint you know in, in isolation I don't have nearly the, the faith that I need to battle Satan on my own. So if I'm in an isolation standpoint, Satan's going to win almost every single time with what he's convincing me of and what he's calling me and saying, hey, you are, this is who you are. But when I'm, when I'm in relationship, when I'm in community with, with fellow, fellow um, men or believers and, and we can be real with one another, that's where I will gain that strength um, and to be like, no, that's not who you are. You know, you are a child of God. Your identity is in Christ, not, not, in, not in those. And, and if it's not for those relationships, if I'm left to do it on my own or think that, oh, man, like I can't be a certain way around that person because they may think differently of me, then, you know, how – it makes me think, how would I grow? Like, if I, if I don't have other people to build me up, to strengthen me up, then I'm not leaving myself the opportunity for growth. And it's, it's those relationships that, that challenge me and push me and, and bring me along. And I may be an encouragement to somebody else. There's plenty of people that are an encouragement to me. But if I, if I don't get in those relationships and if I don't reveal who I am and, and what I need, then I'm almost just kind of stuck and be like, I've got it figured out. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm at a place where, where I don't need to be challenged or pushed any further. And, and I've been very grateful for those relationships, especially um, the, the, past, the past few years, because the Holy Spirit wasn't really anything that we talked about, because it wasn't anything that we could control or, or figure out. And, and I've really kind of been challenged these last five years to really listen to that Holy Spirit and you know, and it's, at times that it's great, it's like, yeah, that's absolutely the Holy Spirit. And there are times it's scary because I'll get that nudge and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. And if, I, if I'm not around others kind of getting that encouragement um, and I'm, I'm left to my own devices, I usually make the wrong choice. Man, well, very well said. Very well said. Um, I don't know if somebody needs to hear this or, or, or not, but just based on coming off what you just said. Satan wants you to be afraid to tell people what's going on, right? I mean, the, like going, going back to this isolation, the, one of the, at the top of this page of notes, it talks about how isolation is bad. That's where Satan wants to keep you. Oh, I can't possibly tell Mark and David about this thing because, oh, it, I, it, but, but I will tell you, like, kind of like you said, in, in men's groups that I've been, good men's groups that I've been a part of, there has never been a moment where I have confessed a weakness or a sin or something and been told, oh my goodness, you're terrible, get out of here, you don't belong here. It's been the exact opposite of that. Most of the time, it's, oh wow, me too. 
we kind of have this moment where we're, we all look at each other and go, oh, okay, all right, we're all there. And then, then what do we do? Then we fight together, right? Instead of me going, man, I got to figure this out by myself. No, we, we fight it together. But Satan wants us to think, like you said, I've got to figure this out by myself and I'm not in a terrible place. So if I just can stay where I'm at, that's okay. No, that's not. No, that's, that's what this whole community thing is about. I will tell you, you're about to get me to start preaching here. Um, I was in the classroom upstairs when we had been, this was probably five years ago now, and we had been visiting 4th Avenue for several weeks, and we loved the kids' ministry downstairs, and we loved the worship in here, and we were just trying to, Lacey and I were just trying to get connected, because we loved everything we were seeing that was going on in this church. And so we were going to a, a Sunday school class that Brant and Jennifer Bell were teaching, and they were bringing in different, different couples to teach. And this couple, and they probably wouldn't mind if I said their name, but I won't say who they were, but a couple taught that Sunday, and they talked about how a year into their marriage, it was coming unglued. And, they, and this, this couple now has grown children, but they talked about, the wife was talking about how she was saying, God, I don't know what to do. This, this, is, this is not what I signed up for. And, and, they, they, and, and they were sharing some real struggles they had been through. And I was going, do these people not realize we're in church? We don't talk, it's like Mark talked about earlier, right? No, we come to church, we say, yeah, I'm good. Oh, how's it going? We're good, we're good. We might have just had a knockdown drag out in the car, but we're good now. We're good, life is good, right? Man, God is good, life is good, everything's good. And these people are sharing their struggles in church that they went through. And I'm thinking, you don't confess this kind of stuff in church. And I walked out of this building that day going, if, this is the, if that's what kind of church this is, then I'm in. If this is a church that it can be real, that we can confess, that we can say, hey, this is where we were, and this is what God did, and this is what I struggled with, and this is how God intervened, then I will be a part of that kind of church, because that's something to fight for right there. That's something, that's the kind of community that I've been looking for my whole life, and maybe I just didn't know it, right? Man, if we can be real about things and find the right place, it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you have to come out here on Sunday morning in front of everybody and be real about your worst moments. But if we can find the right people in the right places where we can say, hey, this is what, this is what's going on. This is, even though I've figured some things out, man, I'm still struggling with stuff, right? I joked earlier about how there's, there's no conflict in my house. It's perfect, right? We got it figured out. No, man, right? I look around at people with five kids or four kids. I go, man, I got two kids and it's tough. I don't know how you do it with with three or four or, or more than that, it'd be hard. Um, but uh, anyway, anyways, yeah, let's, let's be real. Satan wants us to think, I'm the only one. Man, I'm the only one that deals with this. Oh, if, I, if they knew, if they knew how bad of a person that I was, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. No, we want, that, I mean, that's, that's all of us. So bring, you know, look, let's, let's look at those scars together. Let's hear about the mistakes that you made. And we'll talk about the mistakes that we made, and we can pray about it, and then we can move on in the name of Jesus together. Amen. Good stuff. Any other comments? What, what do relationships do? All right. I, I, yeah, comments, comments. I'll, I'm, I'll stop. I'll stop. Comments, comments, comments. I just prayed for mentors, women that would pour over me. And like Mark said, when we moved here um, at our first church, I had several women that um, just poured into me and helped me to just be into the word more. 
And even here, I've met several ladies who I can see this is a passion of theirs to just pour into others. And so, for sure, without these relationships, I wouldn't be where I am, our family, marriage. I wouldn't be able to teach our children the things that I'm able to teach them. So it's all about relationships. And, like, I grew up going to church my whole life. My dad's a minister, and um, but those relationships that are just from the older women and even younger, um, but, yes, just pouring into others. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, my, my dad was never around when I was growing up. He, he's, all he did was work. And, uh, and then my parents got, got divorced when I was 12 or 13, right around there. Um, and so he really wasn't in my life very much at all. And, and I was fine with that. And that's a whole, that's another lesson for another time, I guess. I, I have a relationship with my dad now, and we've, 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 we've made up for a lot of, you know. But anyways, but the point of that is God put so many men in my life to surround me and to raise me and to show me what, a, what it means to be a man or what it looks like to be a man or how to be a man that I don't know that I would have seen them or, or realized that if my dad had been, the, the, you know, a, a, around. And so it, it was a blessing, you know, was where I go, man, I've got all these. I mean, I could just start naming them, and it would take me a while. I mean, just all these men, just at the right time. I mean, it's a Holy Spirit thing. Like you talk about, these men would just, hey, you know, come help me do this, do that, whatever, you know, and, and just show me how to be a man. And I still, a lot of them, we have relationships today, and, and we get together, we talk or whatever. So it's absolutely, it's huge to um, have, have those people. And uh, I actually... Had a, uh, on, uh, one, one day last week, I, I, well, it was Thursday, because Wednesday night I was here, and I knew I had some, I, I do, I have a landscaping business, and sometimes I have to get out there and, and do hard work. I've, I've, lots of times I just manage the work that happens. Well, I've got employees, but when we get busy enough, sometimes I have to jump in there and get my hands dirty, and then, and, and I, I love working, but, but my, my, you know, any, anyways, so I knew I needed help. I had this job coming up Thursday. I knew I needed some help. So I grabbed one of our young men Wednesday night and said, hey, can you help me out tomorrow? He said, yeah, I can do that. So, so he's helping me out Thursday. And, um, and by the way, this is a se- separate note, but you, know, we, you, hear, you hear in the media how bad our world is, right? And so I want to tell you, and man, young people, right? I mean, good night. They're just, they're just this terrible generation coming up. I want to tell you my personal experience. I asked a young man to help me on Wednesday night. He said, yes, I'll do it. He showed up on time to help me on Thursday. He helped me get two jobs done on Thursday. And then I asked him, I said, I can, I can give you a paycheck or I can send you Venmo. I don't know if you know what Venmo is. Don't worry about it if you don't. Well, but I said, would you rather have a paycheck or would you rather me Venmo you? He said, oh, you don't have to pay me. I said, no, no, we just worked. And he said, no, I just, I mean, I'm just glad to help out. Praise God for our young people, right? I mean, you hear about how bad and terrible they are. They will show up and help you out and not ask for anything in return. And so praise God for that. But anyways, we're in the middle of doing this job, and we're pushing mulch in, these, in, in wheelbarrows up this hill. And, uh, and so he comes up with this, with this load, and he gets to the top of the hill, and there's this little ledge, and the wheelbarrow gets stuck right there. And I'm about to, you need me to help out? No, no, I got it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't need help. I said, all right. And so he, he gets back a little, and he gets it over, and he pushes it, and uh and, and all of a sudden, I say, you know what? I say, you know what part of being a man is? And he said, no, what, what, what's part of it? I said, this is going to be your life lesson for today for helping me out. He said, all right, life lesson for the day. I said, you know what men do? They ask for help. That's what men do is we ask for help. I said, that's what I, 
I said, actually, that's what I did last night. I knew I had something hard coming up today, and so I asked you to help me. I, I'm not going to do this by myself. I need help. And uh, so that's part of community, right? I mean, that, that's, and, and sometimes maybe it's in our nature, or maybe it's that Satan wants us to do it on our own. Don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. Let's do it together. Uh, right? We, we, we do it as a team. I don't have to do it by myself. That's a beautiful thing about God putting people in our lives is that we can do it together, not do it ourselves. I think we're out of time. Do we have one last comment? Anybody? 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 Want to close us out? Let me do this. Nancy, can I get you to pray for us to close us out? I'm going to give you this microphone. You can pray us out. Well, Father God, <clears throat> first of all, I think that probably this class delighted your heart to hear that when we're weak, you're strong and you surround us with people. Just as you surrounded yourself, the Trinity surrounded each other, uh, you've surrounded us with strong people. We thank you for the testimonies that have been given here today. And may we carry those testimonies throughout the week, just realizing that you're receiving the glory for this. This is your story and how thankful we are. Thank you for Will and thank you for his direction here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.